This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, September 20th. I'm Virginia Allen. Who is responsible for the crisis at America's southern border? That is the question currently being investigated by the House Homeland Security Committee. Congressman Mark Green is chair of the Homeland Security Committee, and in June, he announced a five-part investigation into the border crisis. The investigation is a response to the more than 6 million illegal aliens who've been encountered on America's southern border since the start of the Biden administration, and the more than 2 million illegal aliens who have been released into the interior of the United States. And that's not counting the unknown number of gotaways who have entered the country while successfully evading Border Patrol. The first three phases of Congressman Green's investigation of the border crisis were Mayorkas' dereliction of duty, how the border crisis facilitates illegal activity of the drug cartels, and examining the human cost of the border crisis. Of course, here at The Daily Signal, we recently told the story of a mom named Elisa Tambunga. She has experienced that human cost of the border crisis firsthand, and we were really privileged to be able to share her story. She tragically lost both her mother and her daughter in a car crash with a human smuggler in March. So if you haven't had a chance to watch that seven-minute video that we did with Elisa of her just telling her story and speaking really honestly about what uh, what could have been prevented, an accident that could have been prevented if our border was secure. We'll be sure to leave a link in today's show notes so you can watch that full video. Uh, but today we are sitting down with Congressman Mark Green because today starts the fourth phase of the investigation into the crisis at our southern border. And the fourth phase is examining the financial cost of the crisis. So Congressman Green is joining us in just a moment to explain what to expect during this phase of the investigation that the House Homeland Security Committee has launched, and also to discuss the possibility of impeachment of the House Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Stay tuned for our conversation after this. He was evading police we were told that he was recruited on TikTok by the cartel. He was on Facebook Live, and he was going over 105 miles an hour. He came straight off that exit, and he ran that red light, and he crashed into her and killed them. He, he mutilated them. What you just heard are the first few seconds of a brand new documentary from The Daily Signal on the real cost of the Biden administration's border crisis. We spoke with Elisa Tambunga, a mother who has experienced unfathomable tragedy and loss at the hands of a human smuggler. You can find the full documentary telling Elisa Tambunga's story on The Daily Signal's YouTube page or across our social media platforms. It is my privilege today to be joined by Congressman Mark Green of Tennessee. Congressman Green is a veteran, a physician, and of course, serves as chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. Congressman, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. The House Homeland Security Committee is entering its fourth stage of its investigation into the Biden-Mayorkas border crisis. And this fourth stage is the financial cost of the crisis. What do you expect to learn in this fourth stage of the investigation? 
I think our goal for this stage is to try to put a, a, a packaged price tag on the open border. Um, obviously, there are some costs that are, well, obvious. Uh, it, if you give social services to migrants who come into the United States, that's a taxpayer cost. Something that might not be uh, well-known or not obvious would be, for example, the cost of uncompensated health care in a hospital. And those costs get passed on to commercial insurance uh, because in the ER, cost shifting occurs uh, not only from the non-paying persons, but also from the government payers because the government price is below the market price. So whenever an individual is either getting government assistance or not at all, and they show up and have to be seen due to Impala laws, um, that cost gets passed on. So what is the cost of another several million people in the United States that obviously need to go to the emergency department? And a lot of the folks that are coming across, you know, are of, of childbearing age. So uh, we, we look at Yuma, Arizona, for example, where the uh, obstetrics ward is consumed by migrants and the, and the patients have to drive to the people of that community have to drive 200 miles to have their children. Mm. You know, what is the cost of a hotel there? What is the cost of the drive? You know, these unseen costs. In my state, we have a significant fentanyl baby population that when they're born to a fentanyl addicted mother require intervention of the state. And the calculations are as high as a million plus dollars over the course of the lifetime care of that child. Um, These are just hidden costs. Mm -hmm. And it goes on to jail costs, to automotive insurance increases because of the hit and run kind of experiences that we're seeing across the country that have actually killed Americans. Um, The cost of addiction. I mean, just the drug addiction rehabilitation is predicted to be as high as $1.5 trillion on the United States economy. So uh, we want to put a total price tag, and that's what we're going to try to do. It's going to be a daunting task, but we're going to try to do that. Do you think that if you were to compare the cost of securing the border with fencing, technology, additional border patrol agents to the financial cost of having an open border, uh, what do you think that that comparison would look like? Well, I think the return on investment would be, you know, it it doesn't cost us a trillion and a half dollars to build a wall and put the sensors in, right? I mean, that's Um, So very clearly, there'd be a massive cost savings. Um, What those exact numbers are, we really kind of have to see what what the next few days of this uh, phase, you know, reveals to us. But um, yeah, I mean, it it would be a huge cost savings to actually secure the border. (laughs) Yeah. Now, during every phase of this investigation, the, the House Homeland Security Committee has been holding hearings and inviting witness testimony to testify before members of Congress and really unpack their experience of um, how the border crisis has affected them in, in a myriad of ways. So today, the House Homeland Security is holding one of those hearings and is really uh, diving deeper into looking at this financial cost of the border crisis. Who are the witnesses who are testifying today? So we have some uh, folks coming from 
the border area, um, and we have uh, some folks coming from you know New York City. So it's it's pretty exciting to get the two perspectives. You know, a community that's closer to the border and the the cost impact, and then the commissioner from um, New York is going to be fantastic, and just share with us how. Um, you know, because Eric Adams has been very much in the press about the cost to the New Yorkers. And one of the things that one of the points I've I've tried to make, at least in my media appearances recently, is you know, New York City is a city of 12 million people or so. They've had about 10,000 a month uh, come into the city. El Paso, Texas, though, um, is a city of 200,000 and it's had about 30,000 a month. So, you know, we want to look at the financial costs on each of these communities, but we want to show America just how devastated the the border communities are as well. Mm. Well, last week you concluded the third phase of the investigation into this border crisis. Phase three was investigating the human cost of the border crisis. And two of the phases before that were Mayorkas's dereliction of duty and then how the border crisis facilitates the illegal activity of the drug cartels. Uh, what has come to the surface during these first three phases? What what has Congress learned that maybe you didn't know before you launched this investigation? I think, you know, very clearly, um, Secretary Mayorkas has chosen to totally disregard the laws passed by Congress. Um, he has lied to Congress. Uh, he has ignored court orders that, that basically said, stop what you're doing, uh, whether it's using the CBP-1 app to grant lawful, you know, some kind of lawful pathway. Um, and I, I think just digging into the law itself and, and seeing how he's just disregarded it. And it, it's when you think of it on the sort of 100,000 foot view, it's, it's really um, – a violation of his oath. You know, we all take an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States, and very clearly in the Constitution of the United States is this founding first principle of separation of power. And we make the laws, and the executive branch enforces those laws, and the judicial branch interprets those laws. So he's disregarded the judicial branch, and he's totally disregarded the United States Congress. Mm. And that, to me, is a violation of his oath of office. Um, and you, you, I, I think as was relayed last week, um, and this was probably the most startling testimony we've had or some of the most startling testimony we've had, uh, he very well is could be aiding and abetting the cartels in their human trafficking and in their drug trafficking, because he's very clearly failed to address the failures. Um, it's been made known to him, despite his own admission that he didn't know the strategies of the drug cartels. He didn't understand their tactics and use of armband, colored armbands to make sure they were getting paid. He admitted in, in Congress and in testimony that he didn't know those things. Yep, but he was clearly told after and walked away knowing that there are more human traffic people because of his actions, and there's more drugs in the United States killing Americans because of his actions or inactions. And so the failure to repair that, uh, it, it can be interpreted as his intent. This, they must want this to happen. 
And I'll share something else that, that I think, you know, the president said that, that also speaks to intent and what the real intent is. Um, you know, when New York and Massachusetts and some of the blue states started screaming about the migrants, um, he talked about creating some system where they remain in Texas. But it's a contradiction to what they were saying before. They were saying before that we need the employment in the United States. Well, if you need the employment in the United States, then you need the migrants everywhere. But if it's keep them in Texas, then maybe this really is about turning Texas or the country blue. And, um, you know, so I, I think that reveals an intent. And so some of those things have been really somewhat, uh, I mean, we kind of guessed that that was it, but have it be so clear that Marcus is is willing to facilitate uh, drug trafficking and human trafficking to potentially reshape the electorate is is just shocking. Well, Congressman, I, I think so many Americans have been watching the situation at the border. They've been paying attention to these factors, just like what you just laid out. And they're asking the question, is Secretary Mayorkas going to be impeached? And I know that that's a question you've been asked before, and you made clear that you wanted to carry out all five phases of this investigation to really dive deep into the facts to find out what we know, and that at the end of that, a decision would be made. Uh, where do you think stand on that? Is, is Congress going to move forward with an impeachment of Mayorkas? You know, I still want to sort of reserve, uh, you know, my final decision, but I, I will say that, um, you know, the aiding and abetting um, charge that was made in our last hearing certainly speaks toward very clear justification for an impeachment. And we're going to just continue to investigate, but that is very concerning. So we're, we're going to look very closely at that. And, of course, we've got this last phase, which is going to take a little bit more time, uh, and that's looking at uh, waste, fraud, and abuse. Mm. Um, there may very well be some criminal activity in that as well. So we've got uh, a lot of work to do yet. And so my final decision on that and recommendation, I'll, I'll continue to hold the cards to my chest. But I will say that it's it's very concerning that there's a potential there for aiding and abetting. Mm. Now, Congressman, many of your Democrat colleagues, they they look at the title of so many of these hearings that often include the Biden-Mayorkas border crisis in the title of the hearing, and they are saying that all of this investigation is just driven by politics, that it's all politically motivated. What is your response to that? Well, look, I represent 760,000 people in Tennessee and you know, Republicans now have the majority, so we, we represent the majority of the people in the country. And in fact, in that election that brought us into the majority, the majority of Americans voted Republican. Um, so it's pretty clear to me that the, the majority of the people in the country want us looking at this, because when I'm in my district, this is the number one issue. The safety of Americans is probably, you know, there are a lot of things in my oath to the Constitution, but um, you know, the government that is created by that constitution is there to provide security to the people. And I, I actually signed up to be the chairman of Homeland Security because I think it's the greatest, you know, the open border is the greatest threat to our nation's security and safety. We're talking about 40,000 Chinese nationals that have come into the country this year. It's astronomical increase over previous. 
the drug nexus that we pointed out in phase two, um, it is not a waste of time, as has been said by the left in the hearing, um, that we investigate this. And I, I did I did perceive last week a very interesting, uh, you know, I, I, I said it in my closing remarks, movement of the needle. They did not defend Maricus's policies. Um, and in fact, uh, I think it was three or four of the members of the minority party actually said, yes, there's a border crisis. Uh, and that's a big shift. Um, but they did, you know, just sit there and attack Trump's separation of 5,000 children, which I thought was rather ironic considering there are 85,000 sponsors uh, that won't even answer the phone. And so those uh, those kids, not 85,000 sponsors, because we know that in some cases 100 kids went to one sponsor, just mm. insane in and of itself. But um, – yeah, I mean, it's it, there's a there's a shift on their side in the committee, which I think is stark. Well, Congressman, we really appreciate your time today. We're going to be watching this hearing, this part, this fourth part of the investigation uh, very closely as you look at the financial cost of the border crisis. Um, but thank you, sir, so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Daily Signal podcast. If you've not had a chance, be sure to check out our evening show. It's right here in this same podcast feed where we keep you. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.